A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Greetings, my X-Files geeks, and welcome back to Reopening the X-Files, the podcast that proves the truth is still out there. I'm Nate, the Ultimate Movie Geek, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Asian Powell. Aye, aye. And it's just us two tonight. Mm-hmm. First off, I will start by saying that we are recording exactly 27 years after... The pilot episode of The X-Files was broadcast on Fox. How can that be? 27 years? 27 years. Was I even born? Yeah. How, how did I manage to watch them? Because you... you well, uh, you you got more years than 27 on you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not about the, not about the mileage. It's not about the mileage. No, it's mileage. <laughs> it's not the years, it's the mileage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dearing me. Yes. So, I thought we'd uh, we'd start with that. Um, and for fanboy facts, we've got a little bit of a, an extra section. But what episode did we watch tonight? Season 3, episode 7. Yeah. The Walk. Written by John Shiban and directed by Robert Bowman. And again, he's not part of the larger series mythology. In the episode... Uh, there's a suicide attempt by a patient in a U.S. Army military hospital. Um, the interests Mulder, and they talk of a phantom <laughs> soldier who is preventing this man's death. So he can't kill himself. He's being kept alive by some unseen force. Uh, the U.S. Army general in charge is initially uh, reluctant to allow the FBI in. But then when his family become... Uh, Oh, God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry for that. I keep saying er uh, and um, and uh, Powell has just like raised it, so now I'm conscious of doing it every two minutes, which is going to be half of the bloody podcast. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It turns out that the guy, the Phantom Soldier, is actually a quadruple amputee who has uh, learnt to... Be able to uh, project his spirit. Astral projection, it's called. All right. Well, you should have done it then, shouldn't you? What do you think of the episode? Yeah. Because, oh, go on. Because what? Because I initially, when it when it first came on before, because I can't remember what the episode order is, I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's this one. But then rewatching it, it's a, another episode that is is really well made and quite. Uh, gripping yeah and it keeps you entertained throughout and it doesn't really hang around neither because no, you, you're going fast from pace. yeah very very fast paced so what were you going to say i was just going to say i enjoyed it i enjoyed it the first time i watched it um, and i enjoyed the rewatches i haven't paid that much attention tonight because i feel like we've watched it not, not too long, long ago. ago 
and I do kind of remember most of it. I think it's very well acted. Yes. Um, the guy particularly who's the... Ian called, Tracy, who plays Leonard Rappo-Trimble. Yeah, he's been quite a few things. I said that to you, didn't I? Yeah, and when I looked it up, he's the guy who throws the can at Henry Cavill's Clark Kent's head in the bar. And then when he leaves the pub, he comes out and his truck's been speared by trees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it is. It's, it's well acted and he kind of had... You have some sympathy for him because he's obviously a soldier, a and then it gets to a point in it, and again, and spoilers for there, this show that's almost thirty years old. Twenty-seven years old today. <laughs> uh, he kills the colonel's kid who's playing in a sandpit, and I think it's quite a taboo subject to kill off children. Mm. And, and it goes children to show, it goes to show how evil and twisted and bitter he is. Because he's trying to get back at them through ruining their lives and killing yeah. their families. Um, yeah. And it is, it's like, you would, in a certain things, you would want to make people pay for, but when you start taking out children and stuff, that's, yeah. you know, you're Punish a, someone, you kill you're them, a you sick take individual. other people's lives. Yeah, so you lose any sympathy. And again, you said it's quite graphic, and the guy who almost boils to death. Oh, it's horrible. It is awful. And like even when he talks and steam comes out of his mouth. It's not mouth just steam, and... it's, it's boiling yeah. water, or really, it's, yeah. yeah, it's boiling it. But... And it's like him, he's in it throughout, isn't he? And yeah. He's got the, uh, the like pressure masks, aren't they, mm. for Burns victims? And it, the makeup is so good, it just looks so painful. And he ends up being the one who actually kills him in the end. Because the colonel whose who's child's been killed and then he comes back and kills his wife, he doesn't even know which soldier or who it is that's doing it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's he... basically the astral projection but that... of the soldier who's lost all of his limbs, which must be horrific. You can't, you can't imagine. No, you can't. Um, but you, it's, it's funny as well because it, it also shows that this colonel who, who this amputee is blaming doesn't even know he sees his face. Doesn't the mirror, recognize him. Doesn't recognize him because he is just another grunt. Well, he's just who another he is, soldier. Who he is sent forward? He's yeah. He's yeah. just and it's it raises that question as well. What question? The fact that you know they are just faceless, faceless people doing a job. Well, they are, and I think it's probably a hard job at the top because you've got to make you those have to decisions. Be like that, yeah, I suppose. And you don't know everybody by name, I would guess. Depend, you know, if you've got hundreds or thousands of people, you wouldn't know them all no. by name, unfortunately. And it must be a hard thing to live with when you're sending people to their deaths or potential deaths. Mm. But yeah, the guy is a shit in it, really. And again, it's well acted. Very. Quite a scary story, quite gruesome in parts. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff in it, and there's a lot of special effects in, in the episode as yeah. well. Like when the, the woman's swimming in the swimming pool and, and the projection comes out of the swimming pool, and then there's there's a scene in the steam. Yeah, where and, he's fighting a Mulder gets hit, doesn't he? Yeah. He's extremely strong, this lad, as well, isn't he? Yeah, but then is that just because of the uh, astral projection? Yeah, it must be, because otherwise he'd... It'd be rock hard as nails, but the hell. 
but yeah, it is a good one. Uh, it's not one of my favourites, but no. it is a, a good one. Um, and again, it's an X-File because it's exploring the unexplained and yeah. the supernatural. And for how, whatever reason, this guy probably, you know, has he willed himself to do it because he can't physically walk anymore and he can't yeah. pick things up and he can leave his body through sort of deep, deep um, sleep. Um, is it rapid eye movement, REM yeah, sleep? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and even that bit's well acted because even though his eyes look a bit silly, it's like when you watch a kid yeah. who's pretending to be asleep, but like his face is twitching his and mouth stuff. Twitches and yeah, like but it, it looks like it's proper sleep, so yeah. it does. You think, oh, he does look asleep. Maybe it was. Yeah. <laughs> Just filmed him. Yeah, it's a good one. Not my favourite, no. but uh, an all an all right one. Like I say. Well, like you said, it's well filmed. It is very well filmed, yeah. Um, oh, God, I did it again. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll, no, I've done it a few times. We'll move on to everybody's favourite part of the show, Fanboy Facts, because there's not many Fanboy Facts for this this episode. Yeah. Uh, fanboy. 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 Fact. But then we'll move on to something else. Oh. So... It's not. It's not that special. Seriously, you don't. Have to it was. Oh, that was quite a, a play down. Yeah. It no. wasn't like whoa. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah. Not like no, that. I wasn't gonna waste out like that on it. Well, you just did. I didn't. Well, I was just saying because you said it's not like special, and <laughs> to be fair, my reaction wasn't. Whatever. Writer John Shiban, where Shiban, 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 was inspired by the film The Men. 1950 in which the main character who's been injured in war and lost his legs wanted to walk more than anything the film that Trimble is watching in his room is Sun Valley Serenade from 1941 starring Sonia Henney, John Payne and Millen Burl and the Glenn Miller Orchestra uh, Leonard Trimble's surname is similar to that of Dalton Trumbo, uh, the novelist of Johnny Got His Gun, which is narrated by a quadruple amputee. And I think these it, are quite random fanboy facts. Yeah, but no, well, it's all mixed in it. But the uh, Johnny Got His Gun, I do believe, and I may be wrong, so I'm going to quickly check it out. I should really pause it. You should. Uh, but I'm not going to. Yeah, nineteen seventy-one. Uh, Johnny Got His Gun is the film that is intercut between um, Metallica's one music video. And you get the gist of what the film is about from the music video. Uh, and it's one of the, one of my favourites, uh, Metallica songs. Because it's all about, well, yeah, <laughs> fighting and war. All oh, right. You just went quiet then, like, as everybody was like, I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. I'm sure the listeners haven't got a bloody clue. Yeah. And, Metallica fans. Well, this guy is uh, is a quadruple, uh, quadruple uh, amputee, and I haven't seen the film. I should watch it, because it, it does interest me. And he's uh, he's there, he's got nothing, he's, he's just, just a body lying in a bed. Can't communicate neither, because he hasn't got a voice, or whatnot. He, he, yeah, I think he, I think in the story he stood on a landmine or something like that, and he, he lost. So he's still alive, but he wishes he was dead. And it's quite eerie yeah. because he can. Well, how do you reckon he communicates? 
Blinking. Morse code. Ah. She's like nodding his head in Morse code. And he's asking what? the, the doctors to die. in the 70s? 71, yeah. Hang on a minute. I'm not having that. No, it's but yeah, but it, the, the book was uh, written in 1939. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, they wouldn't have had, like, Stephen Hawking's special computer by then, I would guess. What are you on about? Because you said he couldn't talk, couldn't do out, and he nodded his head to communicate. To do in Morse code? Yeah. But you can have them little machines. Yeah, they are, no, but it wasn't... Oh, never mind. Yeah, it's in the 70s, you yes. said. Yeah. I'm just calling it was, No, I said, I said the film was set, is, was made in the 70s. Oh, it's First World War. I was going to say something really thick then. Go on, what? I was going to say, why didn't he just, they just give him a notepad and pen, but then I remember... He's got no he arms! He's got, yeah, I remember oh, you holy, said he's holy a hell. quadruple amputee. This is, a, this is a hard episode. It is, isn't it? <laughs> Let's just but end. yeah, if you don't want to watch Johnny's Got His Gun... I don't want to watch Johnny it. Johnny Got His Gun. Sounds boring. Watch the Metallica that music video. That sounds boring too. Oh, it's a great, great track. In your opinion. It, well, in a many people's opinion. Let's move on to the second part of Fanboy Facts. Because this is the 27th year after the pilot was aired. 10th of uh, September 1993. There's some just random X-Files Fanboy Facts. So the famous echoing chord from the theme music was a fluke. Composer Mark Snow accidentally rested his elbow on the keyboard with the echo function on and he liked the resulting sound so much he wrote the theme around it. <laughs> 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 it, it I love how stuff like that ha- seems to random. happen a lot. Random. Or is it? Random occurrences. Or is it? Mm. It's that guardian angel pushing you. Possibly, I don't know. In the early years of the series, Mulder is a firm believer in the extraterrestrials and Scully is sceptic. In real life, this is opposite. David Duchovny is a sceptic, but Gillian Anderson is a believer. Is it? I yeah. don't think I knew that. I think you did. I, think I don't think I did. No, I, I don't <laughs> think I did know that. I'm being sincere, actually. All right. When Gillian Anderson got pregnant at the start of the first season, some network executives wanted her role recast. They didn't want her at the start, and then when she got pregnant, they still didn't want her. Which, let's face it, she's... You know, one of the best parts of the show. Oh, one half of the best parts of the show, yeah. Uh, executive producer Chris Carter ad- adamantly refused their request. Good. Yeah. Assholes. I was pushed out of a job as well for being pregnant once. <laughs> won't go into that, though. Won't go into that, though. Uh, David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson attended the Golden Globe ceremony together in 1997 and were holding hands the whole night. Both of them won Best Lead Actor and Actress in a Drama Series. Anderson could be seen cursing backstage right after picking up her award while watching David Duchovny picking up his award and thanking her, and she had forgotten to thank him. Oh, no. I know. Scully. But I bet, I bet it was something like they'd agreed not to mention each other in theirs. Yeah, and then he did it And anyway. then he did it anyway just to annoy her. What a prick. What a prick. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. What we're saying, I don't know. <laughs> Chris Carter wanted the show to end after the fifth season. Does that sound like another show? To you? Supernatural? Yeah. That was supposed to end after five. Anyway, we'll get on to that in a bit. 
when his original contract and uh, Julian Anderson and David Duchovny's contracts expired, Carter wanted to continue the story in a series of feature films, starting with The X-Files in 1998. Uh, Fox Network, however, found demand for the show too high to cancel the series, so they instead mandated the film to fit in between series five and six of the show. Chris Carter found it hard to write uh, season fives and six as well as a film, because he had to create a screenplay that would not require an audience to have seen the show to understand it, but also for it to knock on to the series as well. Yeah. So if you, that's why it almost... I suppose it's hard, because yeah. as an X-Files fan, it just slides in, doesn't it? And you know the characters and you yeah. know there's the alien, you know, what the conspiracy. Yeah. But you'd ne- I, I, we but could never comment because we haven't. Yeah, but we couldn't comment on it because we haven't not come into it with fresh eyes on the film. Yeah. So I can't imagine how strange it would be. I wonder if how people, many people watch people it and go, didn't what watch the film series that is? and went to see the yeah, film. Yeah, I wonder what it was like for people like that. Be interesting because yeah. you can't have like a full on sequel to a series at the cinema. Because there's a lot of money that goes into it. Yeah. And you don't know if you're going to get it all back. But, I, you know, it was so popular at that time. Yeah. It, it was. Kind of I would have thought mostly fans would go and see it anyway. But even that would probably push it over anyway. I, I can't remember if I went to see it. I, I guess was... I probably did, but I can't actually remember. And the, oh, I can't remember either. I don't think I did. I think I got... Because I... I was so into X-Files at that point, I read the screenplay book before the film had come out. Right. Yeah. A little sad though. During the opening titles in the Mulder and Scully's FBI ID badges can be read Federal Bureau of Justice, United States Department of Investigation. This alteration was necessary as making a fake FBI badge, even for fictional purposes, is illegal. The real-life quote is, Federal Bureau of Investigation, United States Department of Justice. How strange. How mental. So they do, they do that in all films and shows? Well, they must do, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, you're not impersonating anyone. It's... No, but it's if you're making something that looks screen real, mm. that's quite... It's quite real, isn't it? <laughs> you know? So you are making a fake badge. Now, final fanboy fact. Despite their chemistry and the deliberately slow-burning sexual tensions of their characters, both David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson have admitted that they were less close and bickered with each other due to the long hours of shooting in Vancouver during the show's initial run. After the show ended in 2002, they increased their natural rapport and now consider themselves great friends and closer to each other than their spouses. <laughs> that must be a bit of a kick in the teeth for the spouses. Oh, mental, isn't it? Well, how would you feel if I was like, oh no, Bill from work, closer to him than I am from you? Yeah, Bill would be dead. So. Yeah, but we wouldn't really be Bill, I've just made that up. But that's, what I mean. that's what I mean. I'll it's find bit... him. I'll find Bill. <laughs> and I'll kill Bill. <laughs> I'll kill Bill. <laughs> I have a tracksuit somewhere. And a sock. And that's the end of... Oh, no, hang on. One more announcement. 
One more announcement for anyone who's still listening to our rambles. Waffling. <laughs> um, we recorded a spin-off episode of this podcast, which is going to go live tomorrow on Friday the 11th of September. Um, it should go on today because today's the last day ever it's been filmed. Well, but this is going to go on today. Well... Dilute it. Flood it. I can't flood it. Okay. We'll do it separately. Alright. But it will tie in. It's only a day. Okay. Oh, you're a pain. Anyway, we recorded a, a spin-off. Um, we didn't give it a name, did we? Well, we we sat for about 20 minutes and tried 20 to, minutes try to come up with a name. And then just went back to the original one. Reopening Supernatural. Yeah. Yeah, so... How this is reopening the X-Files, the initial idea for this was we're reopening different TV shows. Reopening X-Files is perfect because it's files and you reopen them, but we're going to go through some other TV shows, like pilot episodes and, and different series, just to recap them and watch them. So what we did, and we had help from uh, last week, the last uh, podcast episode, uh, Instagrammer, um, Blondie's Adventures underscore. And we did the pilot episode of Supernatural, which was a good episode. So tomorrow you'll be able to hear that, or maybe even tonight, I might put it up. We'll have to see. <laughs> so yeah, check that out. Reopening, no, reopen Supernatural. I can't remember what it's called. We'll Re-op- figure something reopening out. Reopening Supernatural. Reopening Supernatural. Seeing as it's just closed. Yeah, it's just finished just filming finished. So today. So it's kind of, yeah, it has to go up really, Every, All it? the actors are on Twitter and everywhere on social media saying how much they love each other and how much it's, they're devastated that it's, well, not ended, they're yeah. not devastated, but it's over. It's yeah. that family feel, isn't it? Of a series, isn't it? It's yeah. It's mental. But what I found funny is Supernatural has a lot of the sort of alumni from... Yeah. The X-Files, a lot of, the, like, last episode of The X-Files we watched was Too Shy. Too it... shy, shy, hush, hush, shy, <laughs> Oh, my God. And it was, that was directed by um, David Nutter. And the pilot episode of Supernatural was directed by... David Nutter. Which it he's just, a natter, and it ties in nicely. Kim so, Manners, who worked here on the exile. on the. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to say like relentlessly, but I didn't fit. But was constantly on the credits for the X Files. Yeah, executive producer. Yeah, he he worked on Supernatural. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, you've got that, and I suppose like the different shows really, but. The supernatural elements through both, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah, I, and I'm just looking at Kim Manners worked on Angel, Buffy the Vampire Slayer as well. Oh, I used to love them. Oh no, sorry, that's uh, no, my bad. Manners' brother. Oh, his brother. Hmm. Well, they both did all right for themselves, aren't they? Yeah. Oh well, I think we'll uh, we'll call it a day. I um, will. I've fallen asleep. Oh, thanks. I hope not the viewers aren't viewers, listeners, Jesus viewers. Christ. It's because I've got a YouTube channel, Ultimate Movie Geek, which you can go and subscribe to. Come on, please. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at Movie Ultimate. And reopen the X-Files.
Thank you for listening. And remember, look to the skies because... The truth is out there. The truth is out there. I made this.